This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Anguilla's government goal is to divest some of its interests in National Commercial Bank of Anguilla. Jamaica reports increased investment interest from Middle East in Caribbean. Pan American Health Organization urges greater cooperation to boost regional self-sufficiency in medicine. And Rural Bank approves funds to strengthen primary health care in Haiti. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, June 22nd. We start a report today in Anguilla. The Anguillian newspaper reports that the Anguilla's Premier and Minister of Finance, Dr. Ellis Willis, announced during a government press briefing that the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla is doing well, but the government of Anguilla plans to divest some of its interests in its bank. Webster said the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla is 100% owned by the government of Anguilla. We don't think that it's in the best interest of government to own a bank, certainly not with the debt incurred due to the banking resolution. He indicated that the government of Anguilla is making plans to sell interests in the government-owned bank. He noted that there needs to be divestment, and that is what we are working out now with the sales committee. We are getting an evaluation study, and once that is done, there will be a prospectus, and then we will be putting out for the sale. Premier Webster said that as Minister of Finance, he was invited to meet with members from the OECS and CARICOM and with U.S. Congresswoman Maxine Waters and members of the Financial Services Committee from the United States Congress to discuss risking and corresponding banking with financial services. Premier Webster also stated that the government of the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank visited Anguilla and that good bilateral meetings were held with Executive Council, the shareholder committee for the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla, and the bank itself. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Minister of Tourism, Edmund Bartlett, says investment interest from the Middle East is growing in the Caribbean. Bartlett said, I was able to have discussions with partners whom I bought here earlier this year, and they are reviewing how they look at the Caribbean in terms of supporting the region with investments. He noted that traditionally, countries focus on creating loans and aid, which take an eternity to happen, but the thinking now is that they want to support the Caribbean with investments, so a special investment fund is being established for the Caribbean. He said early in July, over 40 potential Middle East investors are likely to be in the Caribbean, and Jamaica is inserted in that process, so we must get our projects together and go and have discussions with those investors. Mr. Bartlett said that the Emirates Airlines, the largest airline line in the Gulf Coast countries is selling seats to Jamaica. This arrangement, a historic first for Jamaica and Caribbean, opens the gateway for the Middle East, Asia, Africa, to our island and the rest of the region, he said. 
The Pan-American Health Organization Director, Carissia Etienne, has called on countries to work together to raise manufacturing capacity and decrease regional dependence on imports for medicines, vaccines, and other key health products as a major lesson from COVID-19. The director told member states at the opening of the 170th session of the Pan-American Health Organization's Executive Committee, we are learning that as a region, we must collectively embark on a sustainable and collaborative rather than competitive pathway to self-sufficiency. Dr. Ethian cited the Pan-American Health Organization's revolving fund for vaccines as an exceptional expression of Pan-American solidarity for public health. Established in 1979, the fund has enabled countries in the region, regardless of economic status, to access quality and safe vaccines at a single price. Since the start of COVAX in 2021, it delivered over 142 million vaccines to countries in the Americas. The Pan American Health Organization director also called on countries to increase long-term investment in public health, both financial and human capital, to ensure universal health and improve the resilience of systems against future health threats. The 170th session of the Pan-American Health Organization's Executive Committee takes place from June 20th to 24th. Discussions include the organization's budget as well as policies to strengthen pandemic preparedness and most pressing health issues in the region. Pan-American Health Organization's governing bodies comprise of the Pan-American Sanitary Conference, the highest governing authority which meets every five years to determine general policy the Directing Council, which meets annually in years when the conference does not meet, and the Executive Committee, which meets twice a year and acts as a working party of the conference or council. This year, a one-day forum will be convened after the closure of the Executive Committee, where the Pan-American Health Organization director candidates will have the opportunity to present their vision for the organization to member states, participating states, and associate members. The election of the Pan-American Health Organization director will take place during the 30th Pan-American Sanitary Conference, scheduled for September 26 to 30th, 2022. The elected person will take office on February 1st, 2023 and serve for an initial term of five years. The Sinkitz Nevis Observer via CMC reports that the World Bank Board of Directors has approved additional financing of 20 million U.S. dollars for the strengthening of primary health care and surveillance in Haiti. It aims to increase utilization of primary health care services in select geographical areas and strengthen disease surveillance capacity, especially cholera. Laurent Mesilati, World Bank Country Director for Haiti, said access to quality health care is crucial to mitigating cyclical poverty, enhancing Haiti's human capital, and helping future generations reach their full potential. Haiti has been cholera-free for more than three years and thereby successfully eliminated it. However, more efforts are necessary in other essential health areas, as fewer than half of all children are fully 
immunize, and only a third of women deliver at health facilities. In the aftermath of the August 2021 earthquake, the World Bank quickly reallocated 20 million U.S. dollars from the strengthening of primary health care and surveillance in Haiti project to cover approximately 65 percent of the total reconstruction costs in the health sector of 31 million U.S. dollars identified by the post-disaster need assessment. Those funds are supporting the rebuilding and rehabilitation of approximately 30 damaged health infrastructures in three affected areas, directly benefiting more than 650,000 people. The reallocation of the funds also provides equipment and supplies to the rehabilitated health facilities and supported the coordination of all stakeholders involved in the reconstruction activities in the sector. This approved additional financing will address the gap caused by the reallocation of funds due to emergencies. The additional financing will also help maintain the government's nationwide surveillance and response capacity in the fight against infectious disease such as diphtheria and measles. The initial strengthening primary health care and surveillance in Haiti project was approved by the World Bank Board of Executive Directors on May 16, 2019 for a general amount of 70 million U.S. dollars. Of this amount, 55 million U.S. dollars came from the International Development Association and 15 million from the Global Financing Facility. HaitiNews.net reports that on Tuesday, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said that the European Commission has proposed to disperse 600 million euros or 633 million U.S. dollars on top of existing EU support to help regions hit by the current food crisis. She said to help our partners, we will mobilize an additional 600 million euros or 633 million dollars to avoid a food crisis and an economic shock. The money will come from the European Development Fund and will be used to support Africa, Caribbean and Pacific countries to counter the looming food crisis. The countries will receive 150 million euros or 158 million dollars for humanitarian assistance, 350 million euros or 369 million dollars for sustainable production and resilience of food systems and 100 million euros or 100 and five million U.S. dollars in macroeconomic support. Investments in food production and resilience of food systems are especially important, said Von der Leyen. And finally, MohammedNews.net reports that a new analysis shows that restoring mangroves and coral reefs can be a cost-effective solution to reducing coastal flooding in more than 20 Caribbean countries. The study published May 28 in the Journal of Ecosystem Services used methods from the risk and insurance industry to provide rigorous valuations of these natural defenses and show that they can deliver a positive return on investment with the benefits from reduced flood damage exceeding the cost of restoration. 
The report states that the results point toward new opportunities to support restoration efforts with funds from sources that support hazard mitigation, climate adaptation, and disaster recovery, including the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency. Lead author Michael Beck, a research professor in the Institute of Marine Science at UC Santa Cruz, who holds the AXA Chair in Coastal Resilience, said, The study highlights opportunities to align conservation, flood risk reduction, and climate adaptation to reduce storm risk. Funding for artificial infrastructure such as seawalls can be redirected to natural defenses, which provide multiple benefits beyond coastal protection. Coastal ecosystems such as coral reefs and mangroves act as natural barriers to waves and storm surges and reduce flood damages to people people and property. In many places, however, the degradation of reefs and coastal wetlands has reduced their natural ability to protect coastlines from flooding and erosion. Effective strategies exist for restoring these critical ecosystems, but funding for restoration projects can be hard to find. Beck noted that global spending on disaster recovery is more than 100 times larger than the spending on conservation. The study results for return on investment are robust to changes in discount rates and the timing of flood protection benefits, he added. The research identified specific sites where there could be significant returns on investment for coral reef and mangrove restoration across the Caribbean. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, June 22nd. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.